Jonathan, great to have you back, mate. How are you doing? Hi, Kino. Thanks for having me. Good, good, good. So tell, tell me about that transition. How did that happen? Now, we'll talk about the industry and business models and all those fancy things. But I'm really interested to, to, to understand this personal tra- transition in your life. Yeah, I, to be honest, it wasn't something that I, I left Uber and thought, okay, well, now I'm going to have to start, start an airline. I was very lucky to connect with Get On during my time at um good man yeah at uber and and we connected over a, a charity that he's involved in called sa harvest the food, food rescue organization yeah so during lockdown we were working together using uber to collect um collect food that we could distribute to people in need wow. and then when i left we had we met had a coffee and discussed this insane idea of launching an airline um, during the pandemic, and <laughs> I it know. became a reality. This is a much longer story, but I want to know how that, that conversation went down. We huh? must have another conversation about that. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a long one. How's it, John? Great, good seeing you. How would you like to start an airline in in, in an era where none of them can fly at the moment? I suppose there are two ways of looking at That's, that. Right? It does sound it does sound like a crazy idea, but then when you start unpacking it and yep. looking at the 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 fundamentals and and starting a business business mm. in a counter cyclical environment that that's really a great opportunity. Exactly. And I think I think that the the timing was was as a result of COVID. But if you've flown before and, and I mean as a as a passenger, you realise like mm. airlines treat you like a transaction, and we thought there's a better way of doing Absolutely. this. Absolutely. And so I think that for us is yes, COVID provided the timing, but there's a long term there's a long term strategy that we've got that we think is is going to create value for for us and for customers um moving forward beyond covid i guess when you when you decided to start this airline right i mean as you say and it's all about the people at the end of the day people can do give you all sorts of spiels about marketing etc cetera, etc cetera. but at the end of the day whatever you do needs to resonate with the people who use your product it's how you make them feel when they when you're onboarding them it's how you make them feel when they're booking it's how you make them feel when they get off that plane all of that counts because people are emotional like beings. it sounds like you've been on our in some of our meetings that's exactly how we how we approach it don't go offering me jobs now please um <laughs> <laughs> no no listen i just i mean it's, it's it's how i feel about business in general right people spend too much time at these I'm not, models aren't silly or stupid i mean they, they're, they're useful but you they spend too much time looking at the academic side of running a business when really it's around people and the value proposition and and but, but authenticity embedded in that as well i couldn't agree more um, and that's really been our been our philosophy i think i mean one of the obvious ones coming into this for as an outsider is like i could never understand why it was so difficult to get flexibility and why it was so mm. expensive. And, I mean, if you've ever tried to change your ticket, one, it's, it's a nightmare. You have to speak mm. to someone and sit on and And often it's cheaper to just go and book and buy a whole new ticket yep. than actually changing it. So that, was the, that for us, was the, the first and most obvious one. You can go online. You don't need to speak to anyone. You can cancel and it's free. I mean, you may have mm. to, if you purchase another ticket or change to a more expensive time, you may have to put in a little bit. But it's the process and the cost to there are no penalties. Mm. So that was the most obvious one. Yeah. Um and and really in everything we do, we are trying to to say how can we make this as easy as possible yeah. for customers and 
our grounds and our cabin crew, all of our teams are not briefed on, okay, here are the policies mm. that you need to follow. The goal is sort out the customer, make sure that they have the best experience possible, that you solve their problem. And our policies are guides. Like, listen, you need to have boundaries, but that's not the goal. It's not to enforce a policy. It is to make sure that you solve a problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at what Giron's obviously been up to. I mean, we know Giron, of course, as having been the joint CE at, at Comair, right? He then became, I think, CEO of Discovery Vitality. Um, and then Chief Digital Officer at Discovery Limited. And, it's, it's, and, and the reason I mentioned Discovery is because if you, if you chat to Discovery's founder, he'll tell you that they started this business when times were tough. And exactly. he says sometimes it's the best time to start a business. Now, take us through that thinking very quickly. You know, we talk about times being tough. We talk about, you know, play, play companies, legendary companies like Virgin Airlines get, getting into a spot of bother, for example. And yet... Down in this beautiful part of Africa, we decide to start an airline. Seems counterintuitive. Just take us through the rationale behind, you know, launching something during troubled times. It, so it's it obviously is very challenging, but it's challenging for everyone, which creates part of the opportunity. I think the other obvious one is input costs to start an airline are at record lows. Mm. Um, so the, the obvious ones are, are there are lots of aircraft available. Um, yes. And and at much more attractive rates, right. um, which is the which is your biggest which is your biggest cost, obviously. Yes. Um, and then the other part, and I think was was not unique to this industry, but there were a lot of incredible people um, available. So SAA was, is, is in business rescue, Comair was in business rescue, um, a lot of airlines out of business. So we were able to bring incredibly talented people on board that. At any other time, would not have been available or open to to joining a, a startup airline. Mm. So I think those are probably two of the two of the biggest factors that that have led to this early success. And I just want to go back to another point that you made. You said, "Listen, here are the guidelines. They're not the rules. You sort it out." Reminds me of Otelio who said, "Listen, the, the, I think it was old John von Royen from Tsoho." said that they, um, they, they, they give their frontline staff the power to make decisions, right? Um, and, and in that as well, so that empowers them, number one. They don't always have to go and get everybody else's permission. Um, I mean, obviously, there's certain uh, issues that might cause you, um, uh, put you in a spot of bother if it affects your bottom, bottom line tremendously, but no one allows that sort of decision to be made. But then how else do you... Do you look after your staff? Because they're the front line. They're your marketing team at the end of the day. Um, what, what, what is your ethic around looking after your staff um, so that they can deliver the best service? Well, look, I think there's, there are loads of ways that, that you can do that. I think what we have done, what we've really tried to do is, is bring them on and make them a part of this journey. I mm. mean, the reality is I don't come from, this, from the airline industry. And most of our staff, we're very, very lucky, have years, if not decades, of experience. So taking them along the journey with us, making sure that they've got ways that they can raise their ideas and not just, and not just paying lip service to that. I mean, actually come, bring an idea, share it with us, and actually go and execute it. So giving them that opportunity, that flexibility to do it, I think that has, the feedback to me has been that's been very exciting. Um, and it just it creates this this um, this sense of ownership 
um, which I think is the key to success in, in any business. It's, it's something that I felt was really done well at Uber. Um, mm. At least mm. when I was there, everyone felt like an owner in the business. Yeah. And it's something I've tried to emulate here. Absolutely. Now let's talk about um, you know time during COVID. How's the airline been doing? And I also see that the airline industry, especially the low cost industry, is going to do a little bit of co-opetition to make sure that 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 everybody stays afloat, as it were. It's it's been it's been really challenging. Um, obviously, people aren't traveling as much, which is obvious. It's, 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 it's we're in a very scary time. Um, and people are being careful as they should be. But we've been blown away by how well it's done in such a short space of time. So we launched in December. Um, in our first month, we moved over 30,000 people, which is, is, is way, way above what we expected um, to start with. And more importantly, operationally, it's going really well. So in this January, we've had, we had 100% on-time performance. We've had 99% on-time performance. So that's what people really care about along with price is make sure that I can get a, a ticket at the right price and I'm on time. I'm not interested in, in mm. flying with you if you're going to be late. And we've been, we've been on time and reliable, um, which has been fantastic. So, so things, have, things have been going really well. And we are, we're, we're doing everything we can to enhance the experience around that. Mm. So it's more. It is for us. It is more than just about um, price and and reliability. We're we're offering great um, experience on board. So if you've flown, I mean, I don't know when the last time you had a good cup of coffee on a flight was, but mm. we've partnered with with Vida E Cafe, nice. who are offering really amazing coffee on board. And and it's not just the the usual boring uniform. Our our crew are dressed by Superbulous, so they look fantastic. They feel great. Um, and and it, it is, it's just one of those, those differentiators that we are trying to bring. I just love this. How sustainable is it, though? I mean, I mean, how long is a piece of string? But, I mean, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, and consistency in developing brands obviously essential. You don't want to do what some companies do where they go, oh, come in, you can bring your puppy, you can do this, you can do whatever, <laughs> um, and then once you have them as customers, slowly but surely you start driving up the prices and you start tightening things up because your P&L does not allow you to do that. No, so, of course. Of course. I mean, our, our, our business model is, and this is, this is maybe interesting or boring for some, hmm. but our business model is predicated on being demand-driven. So it's completely flexible, which hmm. is critical to success and to yeah. to to sustainability. What does that mean so, in terms of operations, though? When you say it's demand-driven, uh, because you know being demand-driven affects what you do from an operational perspective as well. So, uh, how does that dovetail? So we we're not we're not locked into into long-term leases on aircraft where we're ah. paying whether we fly or not. We pay if we fly, which oh. is critical right now. Ah. So so it, that's that is what what is going to drive our success in the long term so we we're estimating that we're operating around 30 to 40% below the cost of other airlines um we're working very closely with um the operator of the aircraft which is global aviation they've been in the market for 20 plus years leasing uh leasing out aircraft and doing charters they a lot of the times um when 
other South African airlines have needed an extra plane. They are the yeah. ones that provide it. So they are incredibly experienced and and a part of the reason we've been so successful so far. Absolutely. Where do people find you? Come, a bit of a shameless plug here. For those who still yeah. haven't heard, they love what you're they love what they're hearing. Um, <laughs> And, of course, all the yeah, other stuff we can talk about, safety and all that sort of stuff, right, is, is important. Um, people aren't allowed to eat on, online, on, on, on aircraft, by the way, but you're saying they can drink coffee. No. So, unfortunately, at this time, there is no food, um, there's no, there are no food or snacks on board. But we're working on, on a solution around that. So, hopefully, okay. we, see, we see some easing on that restriction. Um, so at the moment we can't, but uh, but we're when we launched you were able to. Okay, so where do we find you? How do we? Uh, I want to no. see. I want to see how easy this thing. I've got to go to Joburg within the next couple of weeks, and I want to book. I want to. I want to check out this experience for myself. So where do I go? Uh, um and and the latest the latest announcement we've made was hmm. was that you can bring your little dogs on board as well. So ah. I don't know how if you uh, you do have a dog. I have, um, a, I have a cat. A cat. Can I a bring cat. my cat okay. on board? Not yet. Not yet. No cats. No cats yet. You can. We, we're still figuring that one out. But you, if you've got a little dog, you can you can bring the dog on board with you. Okay. Um, there's obviously there's obviously a lot that goes into it because some people love the idea, some people are not happy about yeah. having to fly with dogs, and you can you there's only it's only on select flights. Okay. Well, um, how does this work though? I mean, how, one thing dogs love doing is relieving themselves wherever they can so it's, yeah it's a good it's a good question so so dogs are can be brought on they need to be in a in a carrier bag so if you if you're interested in what that looks like it's on our on our website under the extras tab so you can okay. see the size they 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 in that bag they have to have one of those puppy pads so if they do relieve themselves it's quite easy and quick to clean okay. and then it's only on select flights. So if you don't want to be flying with the dog, you can see which ones may have them. On the aircraft, it's also only in specific areas. So even if you are on one of those flights, you can sit far away from, from someone with a dog. And then the person who brings the dog actually has to purchase a seat. So they would, the dog would sit at the window, they would sit in the middle. So no, that person, the, their, their neighbor is never actually sitting next to the dog. So it's, we've, we've, as much as we've thought about how we can make it easy for people with animals. We've also mm. considered those that don't want to yeah. necessarily travel with a dog on the ride next to them. I don't want to sound like a cat lover, man, but I mean, if you put the cat in its little cage, um, you're probably going to have less issues, and you know, let them pay for the for the actual seat. We'll we'll, we'll work on it, Keen. I'll let you know as soon as you're ready. All I can say, John Ayash, it's so great to touch base with you again. Thank you, Kino. Okay, so this is really awesome. Listen, um, looking forward to following your success, John. And please uh, tell um, Mr. Nomic that we send our regards as well. Hey, Jonathan Ayash there, uh, co-founder of Lyft.